uh, we've been doing a series called uh, Sonship. Um, yeah, we've been doing a series called Sonship. And the whole thing with this series is about us growing up. It's about us growing up. Now, if you look at the natural and you look at a household, you see a mother, you see a father, you see children. Okay, and, there's a, and that life consists of parents raising children and them growing up. And then in some strange way, that cycle keeps repeating itself, right? <laughs> it just keeps repeating itself. You have kids, okay, then you bring the kids, you raise the kids, then they get married, then they have a family, and the cycle just continues. God wanted family. I'll say this to the day that I die, that if you don't understand this Bible through the eyes of God as a father, you will miss so much of it. You will miss so much of it being religious. You will miss so much of it trying to worship him, trying to serve him, trying to please him, but you never see him as a father. That is not his will at all. His will is that you see him and know him as a father. When Jesus Christ himself says, Father, this is eternal life, that they know you and know that you sent me. So that's eternal life, is that you know him. This relationship starts when you are born again, and it never ends. The provision never ends. The love never ends. And he wants us to get comfortable there, comfortable. We're not comfortable there yet. We're not comfortable yet. You have to get comfortable right there. Regardless of mistakes, because you're going to make mistakes. And the reason why you're going to make mistakes is because you don't know your father. You don't know how he thinks. You don't know how he feels. You don't know his ways. Anytime the Bible says that my ways and my thoughts are as far as Earth, heaven is from earth. That's a distance. If it was just a floor to the ceiling, that's a distance. <laughs> that's just like me being 42 years old and Papa being one year old, a one year old. My thoughts and ways are far <laughs> from his. Okay? So if, if he's going to make it, if he's going to do anything, he needs to do what? Come to me. That's why the Bible says if you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. That's my son back there. He'll be 15 tomorrow. I always tell him, you can have the mind of a 14-year-old or a 42-year-old. Which one you want? When you go make your decisions, you can have either or. And it's the same in the spirit. When you make a decision, you can make it with the mind of God. <laughs> Or you can make it with your mind. He told you to have the mind of Christ. That's a fully developed mind. That's a mind that knows the Father. That's a mind that knows he's loved. He said that my Father loves me. And because my Father loves me, I can love you. Let's get started. So we talked about sonship and... Um, we're going to talk about the five stages of sonship, the five stages. These are the five stages. Well, we're not going to talk about that today, but I want to introduce this to you guys. Some of you uh, weren't here last week. So these are the five stages of sonship, and these parallel with the natural. All right, these parallel very much with the natural. The nepios is from zero to five, year old, five years old. The pation is from six 
years old to 12 years old. The Technon is from 13 to 19. The Nanisco is from 20 to 39. And then the Wea son is from 40 years old plus. So the numbers are telling you the physical, okay? It's telling you the natural. But the Greek word for these is letting us know that there are stages. There is a growth process in this, in this thing. It's not a thing where we get saved and then we die one day and just go to heaven. No, we have to grow. We have to grow. And a lot of the things that prophetess was saying, those things only come when you grow. A lot of times prophecies are given, but they're not, but they don't, they're never manifested because we stop growing. We think that it's by, it's going to automatically just come to us. So God will come to you and tell you that you're going to be a a gazillionaire and you relax because you got the prophecy, but the prophecy was predicated on your growth. It was predicated on your growth. And so last week we talked about the, we broke down uh, uh, all five stages. We talked about all five stages. We gave you a teaser. uh, And I told you I was going to go back and that I was going to teach each one of them individual. So today we will be teaching about the Nepios child. We will be teaching about the Nepios child, the infant in Christ. All right. The one who has just been born again has not been in the family that long and has to learn the ways of the kingdom, has to learn that they have a father, has to learn the concept of family. And it's difficult to do in the spiritual because we don't all have the same last name and same blood. So when God brings you into a spiritual family, you don't automatically see it as being family. You just see it as you going to church and there's a bunch of people show up with you. But no, God is only interested in building a family. He's only interested in building a family. And so we're going to talk about the Nepios child on today. And we have a couple definitions. Uh, you, you see it says uh, Zondahat, Strong, and Thayer's. Those are the places in which we extracted these definitions. These are people who have taken time to break down the Bible and give us the Greek definition of these words. And so a Nepios son or Nepios child is an infant. It's one who cannot speak, hence is an infant. A child without definite limitations of age. The strong version says an infant, figuratively a simple-minded person, one who is immature. Now, how many of y'all know it is okay to be immature in this walk? All right, matter of fact, you're in your best position when you understand that you are immature. Because until you understand you are immature, you have nowhere to grow to. If you think I'm mature, I'm good, I've already arrived, then you have no place to grow. So it is a blessing for you to see that you have a place, that you have a, a room to grow. The Thayer says a little child, uh, a child, childish, untaught, and unskilled. Now, we've all seen babies, all right? We've all seen newborn babies, and we've, if you have kids, okay, we know that at a nepios age, you can't help anyone. You can't help anyone. Let me see Papa, please. 
he's going to get into some stuff. He's going to pull on some stuff. Why? Because that's what he's supposed to do, right? Who can he help in here? Who wants some advice from him? Huh? Who wants some advice from him? Who want him to teach you? You want him to pray for you? You want him to prophesy to you? What do you want him to do? He can't do anything. He needs help. Matter of fact, if I put him down right now and told him to go eat, he got to go to his mother to get the food. He can't feed himself. He can't clothe himself. He can't talk. <laughs> What's your name? Okay. This is a nepios. This is where we are in the spirit after we're born again. You don't know the kingdom. You don't know your father. You don't know his world. You don't know how he thinks. You don't know how he acts, how he reacts. This is a nepios. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm going to use you again later. We got to take up an offering for you. And so at that stage, it is all about growth. That's all we're looking forward to, right? And that's, that's it. We're just looking forward to growth. That's why when you come into this body, now let me say this, okay? This ministry is not an extension of any other ministry, all right? What I mean by that, we're connected to ministries, all right? But meaning that you can't come from another ministry, walk into this ministry, and say, okay, I'm a weas. No. When you come into this ministry, you have to start at Nepios. You have to, all right? Because it's all about growing up. Now, I'm not saying everybody's a Nepios, okay? Because it's about spending time, but it's not about you knowing God. Everybody said they know God. Everybody said they're a Christian. It's not about you knowing God. This is about you knowing God as a father. Because it benefits you nothing if you just know him as God. <laughs> but, with, but when your father is God, that's a whole other thing, okay? If he's some strange being, and, and, but he's all-knowing, all-seeing, all-understanding, he holds all the wisdom of the world, but that does no good to you until you have a relationship with him. Just like you could be the biggest fan of LeBron James all you want to, you're not living with him. You, you're not seeing none of that money. You're not seeing none of that security. When LeBron James Jr. goes somewhere, his father's attention follows him. His father's security team follows him. That boy can't just walk down the street. So when you're walking, your father's angels follow you. But you have to know that. You have to know that because I told you, we, we constantly pray for protection. What are you praying for protection for? Does not the father, you think Papa is asking his mother, please protect me. Please protect me every day. Please protect me. Please feed me. Please clothe me. No, 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 no. That, that's an automatic. That's not even on his mind. It's not on his mind. He's not thinking right now, like, where's the money going to come from? I need diapers. I need some milk. Where are we going to get this money? He's not thinking like that. I have to get your mind to the place of a child because until you become a child, there is no inheritance. And inheritance belongs to you. 
I told you what Abraham said. God told him, you have all these blessings. I'm going to bless you. You're going to be the father of many nations. He said, but I have no son. Who am I going to leave it to? I don't want all this stuff if I can't have an heir. He said, the only person that can take all this stuff if I die is my servant, Eliezer. The father said, God said, I'm going to fix that for you. I'm going to give you a seed. But now the problem is he's too old. So this is about soul development, all right? Let me say this, all right? You are a spirit. You live in a body, but you have a soul. Your soul is the bridge between your body and your spirit. You can either believe your body, you can believe the earth, the world, or you can believe the spirit. You can believe your father and who he has, who, who he has made you to be. Now, the, the development happens at the soul level. But at the spirit level, you are already a weos. You are already a mature child of God. You are already authentic, legitimate child of God at the spirit level. The issue is not at the spirit level. It's not at your identity. It's not at who you are. It's at your mind. It's at your heart. It's at your soul. It's at your appetite. Because although you are a child of God, your appetite is still for the world. And that's okay. It's supposed to be. Because you're... That babe, Papa is not ready to write dissertations. He's not ready to get up in the morning and go cook his breakfast. He's not ready to help Mama out on the bills. You're not ready for that. But that's the hardest thing to get Christians... The believers to believe is that when you come into this body, okay, you have to respond and act as if you are a child that knows absolutely nothing. That's why the Bible says it's blessed are the poor in spirit. <laughs> blessed are the poor in spirit because what? Theirs is the kingdom. It's okay to not know because when you say I don't know, what happens? The father can show you. So it's about soul development. The five stages of sonship happens at the soul level. It happens at the mind level. It happens at the level of your heart. It happens at your appetite, your aversions. This is where it happens at. All right? And so that's why Paul said this in, in Galatians 4 and 19. He said, I labor with you. It's not up there. Okay? I labor with you until Christ is formed in you. That's why he said, let the mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. I'm going to labor with you. We are going to labor with you until Christ is formed in you. After Christ is formed in you, you labor with us to, pull, to raise more kids. So we labor, he's, we're going to labor with you until, until, until Christ is formed in you, which means that's going to have to be your objective. Your objective, your objective is going to have to be Christ being formed in you. Because after we're born again, the Bible says once we're born again, that we can see the kingdom of God. Now, we can see the kingdom of God, but we can't understand it. Just as well as that, I was holding Papa, and 
He see all of us, but he don't understand what's going on. In his mind, he isn't saying, we at the church service, the pastor is holding me, and he's talking to the congregation about the nepios level, and he's using me as an example. <laughs> he wasn't thinking that. He can see, but he does not understand. You have to realize that. You can see, but it's some stuff you just don't understand, and it's okay. But what happens in a, in a Christian world is we jockey for a position of knowing stuff, and because we don't, and although we don't know it, we, wouldn't, we would rather act like we know it than admit that we don't know. And that's the safest place you can be in God. That's the safest place you can be as a child is to let your parent know, I don't know. Instead of sitting there, acting, oh, I know, I know, I can't stand when people say that. God going to have to deliver me from almost hitting them. I can't stand when people say that. You heard somebody just, I know, I know, I know, I know. And you looking at their life, you're like, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. And it's okay not to know. Because when you don't know, that's when he can impart. But as long as you say you know, that's pride. That's what he resists. And so, like I was telling you, we have an inheritance. He wants you to have the inheritance more than you want to have the inheritance. And we're going to talk about the inheritance. We're going to do a little bit of that today, but this Nepios thing is going to be on today is going to be about you getting your inheritance. All right? It's going to be very light, but it's going to be targeted you getting your inheritance. All right? Now, the inheritance has several different levels to it. All right? The first thing you're going to always inherit is God as a father. First thing. The second thing is you're going to inherit the son, your identity. Then you get the kingdom. See, we want to inherit the kingdom without the father and without our identity. So let's get into it. Our first scripture on the day, Galatians 4, chapter 4, and we're going to do verses 1 through 7 for my note takers. Verses 1 through 7. And it says, Now I say, that as long as the heir is a child, so as long as the heir is a child, that word child in the Greek means nepios. So as long as the heir is an infant, it says he differs in no way from a slave, though he owns everything. So in position, he says, I have an inheritance for you. I have everything that you need, but until you grow from the nepio stage, you're the same as being a slave. Why? Because you can't handle it. You can't hold it. You won't even know what to do with your destiny at the nepio stage. Can you imagine us bringing Papa up here and then giving him the keys to a house? Giving him his destiny at the age of one? What is he going to do with that? He's going to destroy it. Give him a million dollars at, at the age one. He, say again. <laughs> He's going to buy <laughs> milk and diapers. <laughs> milk, diapers, and toys. 
So he says, now I say, as long as the heir is a nepios, is an infant, you differ in no way from a slave, although you own everything. He says, instead, he is under guardians and trustees until the time that is set by the father, until the time that is set by the father. The father is always observing. (laughs) He's observing. Why? Because he wants you to rule and reign. He wants to give you the kingdom. Jesus said it pleases the Father to give you the kingdom that he prepared for you before the foundation of the world. So he predestined that you have a kingdom, but he's sitting back and observing to see if you are going to grow to get it. He wants us to rule and reign, watch this, in this life. Power is only good on this side of heaven. You don't need no power when you die. Healing is only good on this side. Riches is only good on this side. Wisdom is only good here. You don't need no wisdom in heaven. <laughs> what are you going to be doing? Prophesying to Jesus? You're going to be giving Jesus a word of wisdom? You're going to be giving something? No. All that stuff is only good on this side. Peter came to him and said, look, we left everything. What are we going to get? He said, look, you're going to get a hundredfold with persecution in this life and the life to come. Verse 3, in the same way, we also, when we were children, so pause and you know, we walked through the same process. It's not a thing like I came, I walked in as an apostle. That's why I'm not worried about Zantre. Zantre has an apostle called on his life. The calling is going to grow him up. The calling is going to grow him up. It's a difficult calling because I have the same one on my life in which you fit in with nobody. And the reason why you fit in with nobody because what he's called you to do is going to separate you from everybody. And so it's hard trying to get friends and be cool. I tried to be cool with pastors. I tried to submit and just stay under a leader. I tried it as hard as I could. But the calling, (laughs) the calling says no. I told you, every time I got ordained, God said leave. Every time I got licensed, he said leave. Now, in the eyes of the church world, and even in my eyes, because I was trained by the church, I looked rebellious. I felt rebellious. Why? Because that's what I was trained to think. I was trained to think that I'm going to be up under the bishop, I'm going to come up under the bishop, I'm going to teach what the bishop say, and that's smooth sailing. When I was in Lionheart, I was like, you know what? Oh, this is easy. I let them pastor. I just teach. He said, I don't think so. What do you think you're doing? But the calling is going to grow him up. It's predestined. I was an apostle when my mother gave birth to me. (laughs) And if I can sit and tell you all the things I went through and and now that I'm here, I'm so happy I went through them. There were were points of complaining. (laughs) There were points where I felt like people rejected me and they didn't reject me. You hear that? They didn't reject you. I thought I was rejected. No. You're separated. (laughs) All right. In the same way when we were children, 
We were in slavery under the elemental elements of the world, which means when you come into the church, you are enslaved to the element things of the world. When you are born again, you are enslaved to the element things of the world. It is by default. You cannot change how what happens, what happened to you when you were born. You were born in Adam. You were born in sin. That's why I say when people come in, don't, nah, don't start trying to confront their sin, no. Because if you stop smoking cigarettes, what does that do? I know people who don't smoke cigarettes, and, and they're prideful. They're still prideful. Pride is the worst sin that the Father hates. He hates sin better, worse than anything. But we make a thing of cigarettes. But the thing about it is, you can't see pride. So that's why the church is always pointing out things that they can see. You have no barometer for sin. We have no barometer for sin. It is not my job to point out your sin. Matter of fact, sin isn't even physical. Sin is a sickness of the soul. Do some EQ for me. Do some EQ on this for me. Sin is a sickness of the soul. Only the Father can see your sins. The cigarette isn't the sin, that's the weight. The father sees the sin that is making you smoke the cigarette. He wants to fix the sin as you grow. If some people didn't smoke cigarettes, they'd been to kill somebody. I'm just being honest with you. If some people didn't smoke cigarettes, they'd been to kill themselves. So the objective is not to get rid of their cigarette, it's to get them into the fold so they can become a child. And as they become a child and hear the word, they'll grow out of that. Why? Because they'll want their destiny. But if we talk, if they just quit smoking, that don't mean they're going to get their destiny. You have to make it make sense. So this is how we come into the church with a mind that is under the elements of the world. We have a natural mindset, and it's supposed to be natural. Why? Because if it's not natural, we can't grow spiritual. If you came into the body with a spiritual mindset, where do you grow from there? So you have to come in with a natural mindset. The natural man does not understand the things of the spirit because they are spiritually discerned. So you have to go from a natural mind to a spiritual mind, and that's okay. Amen? That's okay. The church is afraid to grow. Everybody wants to be anointed, but the thing about it is, what are you anointed to do what? The anointing destroys yokes. It breaks bonds and bands. It sets the oppressed free. That's why I told you, a lot of you going to get delivered just by, just by the teaching. The teaching of sonship is supposed to deliver you. It's supposed to comfort you. When you come into the body, you don't know his systems. You're still a company. You're still engulfed in the world systems. You still confused. Why do I have to forgive? They did me wrong. Why do I have to forgive? It's a different system. Because in this system, you can't be forgiven until you forgive. 
and he needs to forgive you because he's trying to get you your inheritance. You need to be forgiven to get your inheritance. You not forgiving people is holding up your inheritance. <laughs> it's a totally different system. But it doesn't make sense on the world side because if you forgive somebody, some, it makes you look weak. They punked you out. Huh. <laughs> they get, they, you know, they get us because well, I'm 100% I'm bull. I got two modes. I'm relaxed or I'm full force. But it's hard because you worry about how the world see you. We all do it. It's natural because that's how we grew up. That's going to be the blessing of this next generation is that they'll never go through religion. They'll grow up knowing that God is their father. See, that's why I said this ministry is not an attachment. What I mean is that you have to grow naturally, but at the same time, you have to grow out of religion when you come in here because you got to flip a switch. You got to stop hearing God and hear God as a father. And that's difficult. Jesus did not tell us to worship him. He didn't tell us to pray to him. But we do it anyway. Why? Because religion taught us is that what we're supposed to do. Jesus said, I'm your brother. I was talking to a, nope. Okay. I was talking to, I was talking to a bishop and a first lady. And I said, Jesus is, I said, no, I said, uh, uh, God is our father. That's how we have to see it from the beginning of time. That's all he wanted to be. The earth only exists. He sent Jesus to get us back. And she said, Jesus is our father. Yep, your whole congregation in trouble. Everybody under you in trouble. Because Jesus said that he's our brother. But this is, a, this is, the, this is the hang up with that. Watch this. Is the Bible says that there's one God. But we take one to mean singular instead of unity. How many mics do we have in the, do I have in my hand? How many mics do I have in my hand? Nope, one. <laughs> the only difference is the color. That's how it works in the spirit. The father duplicates. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. We're all in Christ. So one in the natural is one to your eyes. So when it says it's one God, you're thinking about singular. But when he says one, that's family. Everybody in heaven is God. It's DNA. Me and my kids are one. Which means if, if you take a saliva and you swab our mouth, the result's gonna say what? Them your children. We're one. But this is the hang up. And so you also deal with the six senses, okay? You have to lose your six senses because you see things a certain way. You smell. You taste. You touch. 
you hear. And then the sixth sense is you know. You have to lose all six senses. Because you got to learn how to hear in the spirit now. You got to learn how to walk in the spirit. You have to learn how to taste and see how good he is. And that ain't edible. You can't chew on that. You have to lose your senses in the natural to gain your senses in the spiritual. Because if you walk by, we walk by faith, not by sight. So that means automatically what I see, I shouldn't believe. And that's hard. That's extremely hard for you to see something and not believe what you see because you have a spiritual understanding of something. I do it all the time and I have to be, I have to be careful of who I'm talking to. Verse four, it says, when the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, he did not send Jesus, he sent Christ. He did not send Jesus to earth. He sent Christ to earth in a body. He sent his son, born of a woman. So he was his son before he was born of a woman. He sent his son, born of a woman. He didn't send, he didn't send his son. He didn't show up like the Terminator. He didn't show up like the Terminator in a junkyard with a, with, a, with, with, a, with a complete flesh as an adult. That's not how he arrived here. He arrived here through a child. Why did he do that? Because the Bible said he had to be like us in all points. So if he arrived here as an adult, then that would mean when we got saved, we would be adults. But since he came as a baby, we had to come as, we had to come as children. Well, he, or, let me refrain that, he had to come as children because we came as children. And so he had to grow up in the natural and in the spiritual, on earth. So if Jesus had to grow up, surely you do. So he, he sent his son, but now why did he send his son? Because he wanted children. That's the law of harvest. Whatever you sow, that's what you reap. He did not give the Holy Spirit. He did not give angels. He didn't so love the world that he gave angels. If he did, what, what happened was when we got saved, we would be angels. But he gave what he wanted us to be. So he so loved the world that he gave his son. The Bible said his son is a seed. So he so loved the world that he planted this seed because he wanted to harvest children. Y'all with me? Verse 5. To redeem those who were under the law. So he did that to redeem us. He wanted us. This is not about us wanting to be saved. This is his plan. He wanted you. <laughs> Watch this. So that we might receive adoption as sons. You could never go. Watch this. Orphans don't show up at your doorstep saying adopt me. It ain't happened to me yet. You have to go get an orphan out of an orphanage. So he said, I gave the ransom because I wanted you as children. If he said he adopted us, he knew the condition. All right. <clears throat> Verse six. 
And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So because we are sons, he sent the Holy Spirit to us. He didn't send the Holy Spirit to make us sons. He sent the Holy Spirit because we are sons. Verse 7. So, y'all want to read that with me? What? I was rolling, bro. Let's keep it moving, all right? Somebody said, yeah. Y'all got me with that. <laughs> you seen it? Okay. Verse 7 says, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. You are no longer a slave, but a son. And if son, if a son, then God has made you an heir. So you're no longer slaves. But he said you are sons. That's a we us. You're no longer sons. You're legitimate now. You're no longer slaves. You're legitimate children. Meaning when he look at you, all he see is that is my child. He don't see a sinner. And by, by the scripture, he don't see a slave. We're going to have a whole moment. We just do paper Bibles. Y'all better get them paper Bibles for they cut the whole Internet off and the Bible is gone. You better get them paper Bibles. I'm serious with you. Well, no, that's fine. No, that's fine. I'm just, I'm just speaking. Mine is too. I mean, this is very convenient to have it on computers, but if they just flip a switch, they can shut down all Bibles online. So let's go over this again. It says, verse 7, you are no longer a slave, but a son. I'm going to say it again. You are no longer a slave, but a son. You need to speak that to yourself. Because when you want your prayers answered, you have to understand it's a son talking to a father. It's a child talking to a father. It's not a slave talking to a master. The reason why he said you, I'm, you're no longer slaves because I'm not your master. That's not our relationship. I'm not your master. That's why it says, if a son, then God has made you an heir. He made you an heir. You didn't make yourself an heir just by you accepting the fact that Jesus Christ, making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you came into the family and you are automatically have an inheritance with him. It is no different if I go out and I adopt a child, bring him into the fold, and I write them put them into my will. Now, they get the same thing that the legitimate child got. They get the same thing that the, the, the birthborn child gets. We, we not coming back up? We done. Okay, okay. Where's well, some stuff I need them to see? <laughs> so, okay. So, a true son... Watch this. We are true children of God, but it is only positional. 
It is only positional. All right. We are true children of God, but it is only by position. Meaning right now, my son is 15 years old. If we were to, to pass, to die, he gets the house, he gets the cars, everything belongs to him right now. But he can't drive the car. <laughs> he can't pay the bills on the house. So positionally, it belongs to him right now, but he can't get it until he mature. If I put him on the bank account right now, I'm going to say it. I went to wash his clothes. He went to wash his clothes the other day, so I got to take his clothes out the washer and put them in the dryer. So I go to take him out the dryer, and I look in the dryer. I mean, just candy paper just falling everywhere. <laughs> but that's what you do at that age. You, you, you get me? That's why I'm trying to tell y'all, relax, okay? Want to grow, but realize where you are. You're not expected to be a weas. You're not expected to be a teenager when you're a baby. You're only expected to be your age. I don't expect him to start paying, paying bills at 15. I don't expect that. I do expect him to do his chores. But I don't expect him to help me with the mortgage. Positionally, it's his, but as, as far as maturity, it's not. And so the father wants us to receive this inheritance. He wants it worse than you want it. How many of y'all believe that? He wants you to have it. I mean, Revelations 5 and 12. They said with a loud voice, worthy is a lamb who was slaughtered to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessings. This is the sevenfold inheritance that belongs to you. The Bible says the lamb was slaughtered. He was, he was slaughtered. He was slain before the foundation of the world. Okay, it was already written before he said, let there be light that he would die in order for you to get this. So this isn't a thing where he sent his son and said, okay, what am I going to give them after he died? <laughs> it wasn't that. He knew what he wanted us to have. He, he sent his son to the cross to die because you can't get a will until somebody die. You can't get your inheritance. Somebody has to die for you to get the inheritance. As long as he's alive, you can't get the inheritance. That's why he told the disciples, I have to go. Is it expedient that I go? Because if I do not go, <laughs> now, question. What are Nepias going to do with power? What are Nepias going to do with power? What is an infant going to do with power? <laughs> okay. What is an infant going to do with riches? What is an infant going to do with wisdom? You see why you have to grow up? 
you have to grow up because you can't do anything. You can't have this. You own this. This belongs to you. But as long as you won't practice righteousness, as long as you won't pray, you won't fast, you won't read your word, you won't give, you won't do community, you won't do anything the Father wants you to do, but you still want this. And this is the reason why most Christians live their whole life and never see any of this. What is a Nepios going to do with the strength of God? With honor. What are Nepios going to do with some glory? With blessings? Nothing. That's why I'm telling you, if you want to get your inheritance, the best way to get your inheritance is to become like the Father in that area. If you want riches, then become generous like him. That's the only reason he tell you to give. See, the devil tell you the pastor wants your money. No, the Bible says that, watch this, that every laborer is worth their wages. I'm worth my wages. If you don't think so, then whatever you do, you won't be worth your wages. So you don't think the pastor should have nothing. Okay, start a business. God don't think you should have nothing. <laughs> I'm just telling you how it works. <laughs> you get it? It makes sense, don't it? You sitting there, well, he don't, he'll take all the money. Well, you don't say that to the mall. <laughs> you, don't, you, say, you don't say, you walk through the mall, they're not blessing you, they're not helping you, they're not pouring into you, nothing's being done. <laughs> you never say anything about the people at the mall making too much money. Nobody says nothing when Jordan makes too much money. Jordan is doing absolutely nothing for you, but he make your feet look fresh. So that's all you need. But somebody come and they'll pour into your life and you'll say they don't deserve that. And the funny part about it, especially, I'm going to go on Facebook one day and I'm going to do a video because they need to stop. Okay, they need to stop. And especially folks talking about the pastor be... If you, watch this, if the pastor gives, if you give a church 10% of your earnings and you go broke, you didn't know what to do with the 90. <laughs> it ain't what you did with the 10, it's what you did with the 90. It's common sense. All right. But if you want your inheritance, become like your father. That's why I told you, if you want wisdom, find somebody to pour into, to show me. That's why she gave you that prophecy. The more you pour into people on the, fight, on the business side, he's going to add to you. I love sharing revelation because I know if I give it away, he's going to keep giving it to me. You want wisdom, find somebody to pour into. That's why while the Pharisees were talking crazy, Jesus was eating with the sinners and tax collectors. He found someone to pour into. When he found someone to pour into, the father said, I'm going to keep giving it to you. Why? Because this is what you want. This is what he wants. The reason this ministry will grow, because what I'm teaching is what he wants the people to hear. This is what your soul needs. This is what your soul hungers for. The reason why our business, we have a business, uh, uh, Inner Man Wellness, 
it's a, a mental health. The reason why it's growing the way it is, because all we do is tell the people what God said. That's it. If you take your business and you grow your business around the kingdom, it'll flourish. Make sure your kingdom, make sure your business is either focused on the kingdom in ministry or in your business you are maintaining the character of the Father. That's all you need to grow. Do your tithes, do your offering, and make sure that your business is kingdom focused. You can't miss it. Now, because he wants us to have inheritance, this is why he gave us the fivefold ministry. Y'all ready? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10 through 15 for my note takers. It says, he who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens. We're talking about Jesus. So that he might feel all things. So Jesus said, I came to earth, I did my father's will, and I left only for the purpose of giving y'all everything. Verse 11. He said, and he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors, and some as teachers. Now, in Galatians, it says that he put us under guardians and managers until the appointed time of the father. These are the guardians and managers. These are the people who are designed or who are called to get you your destiny. That's why the Bible says that they are a gift to you. I'm a gift. Okay, I work for you. I work for you. It is my job to dig into the scriptures to make sure you get your inheritance. When I was going to SAE, we were in the rooms with, with platinum award-winning engineers, producers. And the thing that they kept telling us was this, we work for you, ask us questions. Now, we're in there with the, with the people who, who uh, um, produced Yellow Wolf. Uh, one guy did most of Sierra stuff. This one guy, Scott Kleekleck, this guy had Madonna, everybody you can think. He's worked with him in the industry. Sitting in front of me, telling him, just ask me anything you want. I work for you because I paid my tuition. This is what this looks like. That's why I tell you, call us. You have questions, don't sit around and, 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 and uh, fiddle your thumbs. Call, ask questions. Because that's our job. Our job is to get you your destiny. So it says, and he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints. We are here to equip you or to furnish you. When you furnish something, you're not building, you're not working on the outside, you're working on the inside. Okay, so if I was to furnish your entire house, what would I do? Go through the living room, bam, couch, chairs, paintings, everything you need, boom, that's furnished. Go to the kitchen, stove, refrigerator, boom, utensils, dishes, boom, that's furnished. Go to the bedroom, everything you need, furnished. 
That's the job of the fivefold ministry, to fill the empty rooms in your soul. It says, for the equipment of the saints for the work of service, to build up the body of Christ. So the whole purpose of the fivefold ministry is to equip you guys to build up the body. This is not a single, this is not a one-man show, a one-man job. I need you to grow so you can help me. So the first, let's say like this, all y'all, we're equipping you, we're equipping you, we're equipping you. Six months later, all y'all come up to my level, watch this. Now, the next group of people come in, we equip them. What are we doing? We're building up the body. But Jesus said, I will be on my church. You are the eye. You are in Christ. You are the body. He's the head. Verse 13, until we all, not some of us, until we all attain the unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to what? A mature man. So we are to do this until you are mature. To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So when the Holy Spirit descended from heaven and said, you are my son who I am well pleased with, my weas, you are my beloved child who I am well pleased with, the Bible says he's trying to mature you to the point where you get right there. Same stature. The stature matters in heaven. Because as you mature, people might not see you growing, but the heaven sees you growing. All right, y'all ready? Here we go. Verse 14, as a result, as a result of what? You being sent under guardians and managers. Now, why were you sent to guardians and managers? Y'all whispering? (laughs) So you can grow to get your inheritance. As a result, because the Father wants you to have your inheritance. As a result, we are no longer to be children, nepios. As a result, we are no longer to be children, infants, babes, people who don't understand. People who can't talk, people who can't help anyone. We are no longer to be that as a result of the fivefold ministry teaching you. It's Kirby's fault. It's all good. It's Kirby's fault. He called me up. He always, you want to pray for five hours tonight in tongues? This is what happens when you pray <laughs> for five <laughs> They're like nine hours the last two days. I got, I'm going to turn it off, though. Yeah. We are no longer to be children. Nepios. Watch this. Tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. So these are the characteristics of a nepios. This is what we're pulling you from. 
As a result, you are no longer to be here. As a result, you are not to be tossed here and there by waves. You are not to be mentally agitated by every little situation and circumstance that comes up in your life. But the reason why you are is because you don't fully know your father yet. It's okay. <laughs> That's why we come together. As a result, you are a lost child. You have been in an extremely large crowd and seen a lost kid. You ever seen that? One day we were in a mall. This is crazy, okay? Uh, I don't know if anyone, all of you probably know Troy. Uh, but Troy has a daughter named Whitney, and they live in Florida, okay? Troy went to Lionheart, and my, all right. So we're at the Mall of Florida. Now, I think I had something like 200 stores in the Mall of Florida, all right? And so I'm, it's me, Javon, Alana, and uh, my wife, and Akira. And so all of a sudden, we look around, and we don't see Alana. Now, this is supernatural, but it's crazy, and I was scared. I was scared. My baby. You be scared too, right? We in Florida. We live in Atlanta. <laughs> so if we don't get hurt by the time we leave this mall, you know what's going through my head? Boy, we ain't going back, right? I'll be here, y'all go back, but I'm not leaving until I find my daughter. Okay, now, Troy, and they're not even at the mall with us. We don't know what they're doing. We left them, and we, go, we at the mall. Alana gets lost. We're looking, looking, looking. All of a sudden, Whitney pops up with Alana. We didn't even know Whitney was at the mall. <laughs> but that's how it is, okay? Mentally agitated. How do you think she felt? She can't find her parents. That's how you are in the spirit. You can't find your father. Jesus on the cross. He just forsaked them for like five seconds. Father, why have you forsaken me? He ain't doing the whole, his whole life, Dre. You've been on the planet for 33 years. You're a 33-year-old man. I'm talking about why your father forsaking you. He had about five minutes of experience orphan. And it made him scream. That's why he said, cry, Abba, Father. That's a lost situation. So that's what we're doing. You are no longer to be children, nepios. You should not be tossed here and there by different ways. You're going to know who your father is. You're going to know who the, kingdom, what the, who the kingdom is. At the nepio stage, you are tossed, you are carried about by every wind of doctrine. Meaning every time you hear a doctrine, you switch opinions. Most of the time because it appeases your flesh. The other time, because you're in fear. I don't know how they got me with the whole heaven and hell thing, and if you die and you ain't, you're going to go to hell. I don't know how they got us. I know we were ignorant. I don't even think about hell. I can't tell you the last time I thought about hell. Last time I thought about hell, I was telling somebody they need to go there.
I love it, though. It is what it is. We family. Okay? They listen to what we do. Hey, y'all listen to us. Y'all listen to our family. This is how we get down. Okay? And so you, you're tossed about by every wind of doctrine. Every time something comes, you change. You shift. That's why I told you, you guys, are, I gave you the foundation. I already gave you the foundation to build on. Fatherhood. Sonship. By the trickery of men, deceptive teaching that cheats you out of your inheritance. Because every ministry ain't trying to get you your inheritance. They're trying to build their ministry. <laughs> and because they're too busy building their ministry, they're not focused on your inheritance. I always tell people, before you visit the church, check the website. If you don't check the website, ask the people. The website will always tell you. Watch this. I'm in Leesville, Louisiana. I'm a part of Apostolic Denomination. And they taught the whole thing of, you know, the whole purpose of us, you know, being in this thing. And so we won't go to hell and we'll make it to heaven. And so they used to teach us that we're supposed to work for the church so that we can build up a resume. So that when we stand before God, he will read our resume and let us in. This is what they taught us. And we worked like slaves. I know God was like, boy, if you would do that, when I tell you the truth. <laughs> and so when I found out about the kingdom through Miles Monroe, I'm like, mm, this is it right here. Would you talk? No, that's not it. And so I'm thinking like because all, every preacher I know has said the same thing to me, but it, I found out it was a lie. If it's in the Bible, I'll believe it. So I come to him and tell him, you know, no, we got to be focused on the kingdom because all we were telling the children were you worldly, you devils, y'all sinners. That's all we were telling the kids. So I'm like, when I found out about the kingdom, I'm like, no, we supposed to be telling them they royalty. We're raising princesses and princes to be kingdom children, to be royalty. So I preached a message called we are royalty. After the message, he called me in the back office and said, I know what you're trying to do, but I'm trying to build a working church. He's trying to build a working church to build his ministry. Not one message about God being our father, not one message about destiny, not one message about purpose. See, the doctrine matters. OK, because if I teach you that it's about you getting to heaven and you don't want to go to hell, all of the teachings are going to do what? either focus you on not going to hell or how to get to heaven. If I'm focused on getting to heaven and I'm, not, and I'm not trying to go to hell, where does destiny come in it? Where does purpose come in it? Where does assignment come in it? Where does growing up come in it? It doesn't. And so I got ready to leave this ministry, leave Louisiana and come down here to Atlanta. I had never been to Atlanta. And I'm walking, and I'm walking, and I'm talking to God. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? You know, why would you let me even stay in this? And he's like, I needed you to see what the kingdom was up against because you thought it was sinners and it's religion. Jesus had no problem with sinners. It was the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, and Herod and them. You like Herod and them? <laughs> the government. <laughs> and so he told me, he said, I'm going to use you to change an entire generation. I'm like, well, how are we going to do that? Well, what I know, 
Because right now, I don't, know, I don't know enough to do nothing. I'm trying to get out this city, out this city and get to Atlanta. Having a hard time doing that. And so he said, he dropped this in my spirit. This is all he said, Dre. Wrong mission statement. And I'm like, what does that mean? He says, they have the wrong mission statement. Because the mission is not about getting to heaven. The mission is about coming a child, having a father. Wrong mission statement. Every message is teaching us about the devil. Every message is trying to promote us getting to heaven so we don't miss it. Wrong mission statement. Paul never talked about hell with the Gentile church. It's not in there. He didn't discuss hell with the Gentile church. Why? Because they didn't know God. And you don't introduce people to God by talking about hell first. How he draw us with love and kindness, but you introduce hell first. It don't make sense. And so he said, wrong mission statement. And I had to tell the, the, the bishop, I said, this is what you're doing. When you sell somebody something, you don't show them the least. Watch this. Let me put it to you like this. If I'm trying to sell you a car, I don't show you the keys. I show you the car. <laughs> if I'm trying to get you into a house, I don't show you the house, the keys to the house, and tell you, you better come get these keys. I need to see the house. The house makes me want the keys. The father knew how to entice us. You don't meet a woman and say, look, I want you to marry me so you can cook, clean, and serve me. Jesus. God. That wasn't what I was trying to get done. <laughs> you, women, you don't meet a man and say, I just want to spend all your money. I just want you to take care of me. I don't want to work. I don't want to do nothing. Don't say nothing to me. Don't tell me. No, you don't do that. You, you, you show up at your, your best. <laughs> GQ. Boom. <laughs> That's how you do it. Why? Because you're trying to entice a person. The father didn't entice us by hell. Like, come believe in me. I'm going to send all y'all to hell. The craftiness of deceitful scheming, which is false wisdom and skill speaking. We love articulate, articulation. We love people who speak very well. This was the problem in the Corinthian church. Some of them love Paul, some of them love Apollos, some of them wanted Peter. Paul wasn't a good speaker though. <laughs> but he was the one with the call. <laughs> Apollos was an eloquent speaker but he wasn't the apostle some of them loved Peter because Peter had really been with Jesus and Paul had not but Peter wasn't called to the Gentiles verse 15 
but speaking truth in love. That's what the Nepios has to learn, how to speak truth in love. Because at the Nepio stage, you know how we do, we keeping it real. Nope, we don't need you to keep it real. <laughs> we need you to speak truth in love. <laughs> don't keep it real. Help your brothers and sisters to grow up. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in what? All aspects. Your mind. Your thought process. Your heart. Forgiveness. Your emotions. Your love. Your soul. Your appetite. You have to lose an appetite for the world and gain an appetite for the kingdom. You have to grow up in all aspects. Not some. That's why I tell you, this is about us giving our life, not our situation. Bad relationship, let's go to church and give them the relationship. We're not going to give them the finances. <laughs> I'm not going to give them my attitude. I just want to get a relationship. Come to church, I got money issues. I'll give them the money issues, but I'm not going to give them the relationship. You see what I'm saying? All aspects. When you come into this thing, he wants to grow you up as a newborn child. Nothing you know on this side is valuable until he tell you it is. Am I helping you? We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. So Christ is the degree program. Everybody in here is trying to get a degree in being Christ. That's the only degree program. There's no pastoral programs. <laughs> There's no prophet programs. There's no apostle programs. There's no teachers. There's no none of that. No evangelistic programs. All our programs are centered in you becoming like Christ. And this is why. Luke chapter 10, I'm almost finished. Okay. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 21. The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. So Jesus sends them out on a ministry trip. All right. And when they return, all 72 of them said, with joy, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now, that's wonderful, ain't it? Come on now. Y'all better stop playing. Verse 18. And he said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I watched him fall from heaven. Now, he fell from heaven. You are seated in heaven. Who got the power? Thank you. Verse 19. Look, I have given you authority. You didn't earn it. <laughs> I gave you authority. To trample on snakes and scorpions. Those are two of the most venomous things on this planet. So the, the most venomous demons trample them. 
and over all power of the enemy. That was given, but your mind can't comprehend that yet. Nothing at all will harm you except coronavirus. See, I've been thinking about this corona thing. I got a little perspective. Y'all want to work with me for one second? All right, work with me. Appreciate that, okay? Because when we got saved, this is what I want you to know. When you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, all right, you became one with him spiritually, which means every cell in your body changed too. And it is a reason why we're asymptomatic. You can touch the body, <laughs> but you can't do no harm. <laughs> There's a reason why we asymptomatic, because it can't touch us. Might lose a little taste buds. Need that. I'm going to fast. For the <laughs> I can't taste no food anyway. <laughs> Y'all ready? Okay. However, don't rejoice the spirit submit to you. Don't rejoice at that. Don't rejoice if you open the eyes of the blind, if you heal somebody. Don't rejoice in that if you cast out a devil. Don't rejoice in that. That's just a byproduct of who you are. Don't rejoice in that. You know why? Because he doesn't want your faith to be there. He don't want you to think because you lay hands on somebody and heal somebody that you're mature. He don't want you to think because you cast out a devil that you're mature. I gave authority. Watch this. They weren't even children of God. They weren't even saved, and he gave them authority. The authority came with the name by you being in the family, but he doesn't want you to rejoice over that. That's why I tell you, it ain't about healing. It's not about all those things. We're going to walk in that power. You need to grow up first. That's going to happen. It, it, it's just going to happen by default. Just like, a, just like a, you know how kids... Daughter, 12 years old now. Now I'm thinking about boys. It's going to default. It's just default. You grow up and some things just happen. I mean, when they was eight, oh, boy, they're icky. Then they get 13, 14, all of a sudden they're cute. <laughs> really? I liked you better when you thought they were icky. Hello? Okay. I liked it better when I thought when you thought they were icky. I liked it better when you paid them no attention. 
It's just by default. The same thing going to happen when sickness comes. Okay, because right now, the way in which you, you can use the power of God is through compassion. But when you get saved, you don't have no compassion. Not the compassion of heaven. You worry about your life. You want your stuff. And as you grow up and get your stuff, now all of a sudden, that ceases. You're good. Now you can focus on somebody else. That's why it's okay to grow up. This is the ministry for you if you want to grow up. I had somebody call me tell me, Pastor, I had a drink. So, what you telling me? <laughs> what, what does that mean? <laughs> are you still going to come to church? And are you still going to grow? That's all I need to know. The drink is, <laughs> what is the drink? I'm going to get in trouble. They're going to talk, but they can say what they want to say. I know the scriptures. The Bible says drunkenness is a sin. So drunkenness is having a soul that says, I can't wait to get drunk. The issue is not in your, the drinking, the, interest, the, the issue is in your soul wanting to do this and get drunk. Jesus drunk wine with the sinners. They better leave me alone. <laughs> it has nothing to do, it's about maturity. Wine is not the sin. That's why Paul said, don't live in this don't touch, don't taste society. He said, that's for unbelievers. If you have a glass of wine and you want to get drunk, it lets you know that you're immature. Sometimes your desire, watch this, it ain't have nothing to do with wine. Food is the big, food is the big issue. Whatever you do with food, you're going to do with wine. If you overeat with food, you're going to overdrink wine. <laughs> He's not looking at the thing. He's looking at the growth. Do you want to grow? All right, let me get to my punchline. All right. However, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So don't, don't rejoice in the fact of, that a, a, a demon submitted to you, but your rejoicing is supposed to become, come from the fact that your name is in heaven. And watch this. You are God's child. You are a citizen there. That's the place of rejoicing. But many people don't see that part. Watch what Jesus said. Verse 21. At that time... He rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure. Your good pleasure was to take a newborn infant and make him wiser than a, a scholar in the natural They know everything else, but they don't know they record it in heaven. <laughs> they know everything else, but they don't know how to be God's children. Hmm. Spiritual infants are superior to wise and intelligent worldly people. That's why I'm telling y'all, y'all need to stop watching the news. You know way more than them. 
If you got a prayer life, you know way more than CNN, CBS, Fox News. You know way more. Don't, wait, don't dumb yourself down listening to people who are not on your level. I glance at every now and then. I want to hear what they got to say. Well, I want to hear what they have to say when I can pray in tongues, I can read my word, and I can hear from heaven. Because if I'm a babe in the spirit and I can barely hear my father, what can they hear? They hear their father, the father of lies, which is Satan. Some of them. It might be some of them saved, so let's leave you know, room for that. But if they are, they're going to say what the father is saying. Last scripture. 1 Corinthians 14 and 20. Brethren, do not be children in your thinking. Now, this word children is actually pation. All right? So he expects your thinking to be on a whole nother level. He says, brethren, do not be children in your thinking. Yet in evil be infants. But in your thinking be mature. So this is how this looks. As we mature spiritually, we become immature to evil behaviors. Making sense? So as you spiritually increase, you naturally decrease. If I had Papa in my hands right now, let me see Papa. He woke, he sleep yet? Let me see him. Let's do the Papa test. Let's do the Nepios test. Let's see if this thing really works. We're going to see if he's an infant in evil things. <laughs> you better not start talking to me. That my boy. Yeah. All right, let's do the evil test. I can't stand white people. What you think? Oh. Yeah, you won't talk. I don't like white people. You like white people? You want to gossip? Donald Trump's stupid. They said I'm ugly. What you think? He an infant to evil things. Say nothing back. That's how you have to be with evil. As you grow spiritually, you become an infant to evil things. And the reason why? Because you'll gain a spiritual intelligence. You'll understand what evil does on that side. The reason why the world does the things they do, because they don't understand what happens in the spiritual realm. As you increase spiritually, you will decrease naturally. All right, we done.